this morning, uh, I'm excited because we have with us, last week you would have, if you were here, you got to hear from Pastor Mitch Wall. All right, and Pastor Mitch uh, is part of our church uh, pretty recently here, and he is planting a church um, in the BBE area. That's Belgrade, Bruton, El Rosa, those three towns. And so he's planting a church there. Uh, and this is the first time we have planted a church like from scratch. And we figured, well, as long as we're doing that once, let's just do it twice. All right, this is, we are still not entirely sure. But what I love is, even though we are not entirely sure, the guy that is going to be planting the church for us is entirely sure. And their family is sold out. They're all in. They're entirely sure. Um, so I'm excited. This morning we have um, Pastor Tyler Kinzer, who's going to be with us. And I'll call him up in just a moment here. Uh, that way, I know what, when I get up here with my kids, it's like we have like 30 seconds before they're on the drum set or there. So, all right. Um, and Tyler and I go back. This is, they, they've had a, I'm sure he's going to share some of his history here and kind of the past, but uh, just even over the last few years, he's been uh, a youth pastor in Big Lake, Monticello area. Um, and we had a lot of times we were together in youth ministry, and um, we absolutely love this family. They are amazing, and we, we could not be more excited to have them with us. To be honest, we have had our eyes on this family for a long time as like, if there's ever a moment where we think they are going to transition from the church they're in, we are going to swoop in there, okay, and just snatch them up because we're like, they are amazing. And so we are so excited to have them here. Uh, I'll invite them up here now, Tyler and your, and your wife, Sephra, and, and kids. I'll tell you what, I'll come get whatever you need. Do you need the water and the books? Okay. Well, I'm going to hand it over uh, to them, and Tyler's going to be sharing with us today, and I'm just so excited for us to hear their heart and to get on board with them. Well, hi, everyone. Well, so we're the, we're like the new members of the church family, I guess. Um, and so, uh, hi, we're the in-laws. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, we're so excited to uh, meet you this morning. This is my, um, I'm, I'm Tyler. This is my wife, Sephra. Um, and our three kids, Atlas and Phoebe and Zuri. And Atlas is four, almost five. He's four and a half, right? You're four and a half, yeah. And the Phoebe is two and a half, and she'll be, uh, she'll be three soon. And then this is Zuri, and she's seven months. Um, and we are just super excited to be a part of this, and um, they would love to meet you after service. But I'm going to let Sephra take them and go sit down. I'm going to call Sephra back up in a minute, but um, okay. Yeah, there you go. All right, sweet. So, cool. Well, good morning. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm Tyler, and uh, I, we are super excited to be planting a church in St. Joseph. So I just wanted to, um, are, you, are you guys cool if I just like kick it off with a dad joke? Is that, are you okay with that? Um, I don't know how that, I don't know how these churches, how, how you guys all roll, but I have two that I really love. So I just want to share these with you. And you can, parents, like dads, feel free to share this with any of your kids that aren't in here and just get like that groan and eye roll that like is so satisfying to us fathers. Um, so, okay. Does anybody know what the, um, what is the cause of the leading cause of dry skin in America? Towels. Towels. Okay. So think about that. All right. Here's another, Sorry. Um, yeah, some of you are like, I don't get it. No, you'll get it at some point. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the other one I like is, is why do cows make the best employees? Because they're always outstanding in their field, right? Okay, anyway, so, um, yes, but that's just, sorry, I'm sorry. Like, Holy Spirit, come back. We welcome you back into the room. Um, but yeah, so my name's Tyler. Uh, I grew up in Minnesota. I'm a Minnesota boy. I grew up in Apple Valley, Minnesota. Um, actually, uh, 
I, I lived a, a couple miles away from um, Emily, and we didn't we never met. So uh, we didn't meet until uh, much later uh, in life. But I grew up in Apple Valley. I went to a church called Mount Olivet. Now it's Bethel's Rock um, Apple Valley campus, um, and it was great. Uh, I grew up in the church. Um, when I was 13 years old, I was at Lake Geneva Christian Center at camp. And which, what, by the way, senior teen is leaving tomorrow, right? Yeah, camp is awesome. Who's going to camp? Where are you at? All right, sweet. Like a couple of you. You guys are not as excited as you should be. Camp is like the best week of the year. So, um, uh, and for those of you that have uh, the opportunity that like have like given to scholarship students or things like that, or you've supported by going or or giving to that, like seriously, camp changes lives. So thank you. Um, at camp when I was 13, God called me into ministry. Um, and I ran from it for a while, but eventually I gave in. And um, uh, when I was, uh, after I graduated high school, I went down to Florida and was a part of Fort Myers Master's Commission, which is a ministry school um, based out of a church down there. And so we were down there. Um, I was a student for three years. That's where I met my wife. Um, and then after that, we went on staff. We were there for four years. And we said, Florida is the worst. <laughs> like, I don't want to sweat going from here to my car, right? Like, um, and so... Uh, we moved back up to Minnesota, and we have been youth pastoring at Bridgeview Church in Monticello, Big Lake, and it has been an incredible uh, journey for the past five and a half years. And over that time, God has really prepared us um, for what he has next. Um, but back in December, um, we had, just had a conversation with my pastor, and he said, hey, you're doing a great job, but I just feel like God is moving you on from youth ministry. And I said, oh, wow, it had been good if he had told me that. But um, <laughs> now he is telling me. Uh, and so we began this process of seeing, like, God, what do you have next? And through a series of crazy events, um, Kyle, Pastor Kyle at Sox Center did swoop in. Uh, and he claimed us and he said, hey, we have a vision for you guys um, to plant a church. And so we, uh, so we were um, looking. And they, originally they wanted us to plant in Albany. Um, but when we, we met with Pastor Kyle in Albany, and, and it, was, it was a great meeting. And he said, hey, St. Joseph's also on our radar, so why don't you drive through that on the way home? And we drove into town, and we said, this is it. This is the town for us. Like, we we're so excited about the opportunity to do that. So um, I want to introduce, can I introduce you guys to St. Joe? Is that okay? Yeah, so this is the next, so this is the next church plant that is coming for River of Life. So this, uh, now you're going you're gonna to have to change the sign. It'll say one, one church, four locations, right? Um, and so St. Joe, it's right next, you guys probably know where it is, but it's right next to St. Cloud. Um, it's just amazing community, really tight-knit community, vibrant um, activities going on, like tons of small businesses. It's just a great place to be. Um, and within that community, uh, it's right next to Avon and Waite Park and West St. Cloud. There's kind of all like the, the communities that are connected with one another. And here I want to show you a picture of, of the community. So um, here it is. Here's St. Joseph. That's kind of like a picture of the downtown strip, um, a little bit of it. And you see like the big monast uh, monastery buildings and college. Um, so St. Joseph's a town of 7,000 people. It's a lot of young families, um, but it's also people that have lived there a long time. It's a great, great community. And inside the community, there are 3,000 students that come every year to be a part of the two colleges that are there. The College of St. Benedict and the College of um, St. John's. Uh, St. Benedict's is for women. St. John's is for men. Um, and like I said, it's one just really tight-knit community with about 10,000 people in it. But here's where we see, um, here's, here's the problem, is that there's no Pentecostal church in that whole city, right? And if you were, <laughs> my kid just goes, oh my gosh. Uh, and, so, and so actually if you were to draw a circle 
towards the edge of Avon and over to parts of St. Cloud, there's no Pentecostal evangelical churches in that setting, right? And so there's a lot of people that have, a, have an idea of God. There's a lot of people that understand it, but it's, it's kind of a religious, it's a religious uh, way of life for them. And so we, even though there's no Pentecostal churches there, we see this as one great opportunity, Right? That's just a picture of the community at their Joe Town Rocks Festival every year. And I just, I just love that. It's filled with tons and tons of people that God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of them. And so we want to go in and we have just this passionate fire to reach this community for Christ and to see people develop real relationship with God that changes them from the inside out. And I'm getting ahead of myself in my own slides. But I just want to invite my wife up really quick. She's going to share just a little bit about kind of the target, like how we're targeting, who we're targeting and how we're targeting them. And then I'm just going to share just a little bit of vision and how you guys can get involved in that. Thank you. Awesome. I just had to quick pass off my kids to the Tonders. Um, good morning. It's awesome to be here. It's so exciting. We're, we're pumped to be a part of the River of Life family. We've only started a few weeks ago, not too long, um, over at Sock Center and have loved it ever since. And so we're really excited. Right now we're currently driving from Monticello up here, which is quite a drive. Uh, but we're trusting and believing and waiting on the Lord for a house in St. Joseph. So, um, yeah, so we are super excited. When we first started praying about St. Joseph, we the biggest thing for us in our hearts was relationships. I think everybody can attest uh, in general, but specifically in, in the day we're living in, people don't want to feel alone. They don't want to feel like they're by themselves. Even if they're choosing to be by themselves, they don't want to feel like they're alone. They want somebody. They want a relationship. And so for us, we're super excited, and our heart is to build relationships with individual people and have the church in St. Joseph that is a place where people can come and feel welcome and feel loved and therefore have an open heart to experience the presence of God and to experience his hope. And so a few ways that we want to do that is building relationships through meeting uh, these college kids. So as he was talking about when we were back in Florida, we worked with young adults for years, and we absolutely loved it. And then when we transitioned to youth ministry, totally different ballgame. So, but that piece of young adults ministry has never left our hearts, and so we're really excited to be able to move to a, a city with 3,000 young adults that come to, come to school there and to have the opportunity to engage with them and, and um, share with them the experience and the, and the love of Christ. And so that's one piece of it, and to be able to open our home. Our home, what we want to be, we know that God's given us a home already. I just tell people he hasn't shown us which one it is yet. And so, so we, we are excited to open our doors to the community and to specifically these young adults to have a place, a safe place to come and to eat and to hang out and lay around and also to experience the love of Jesus in a place that maybe, that isn't necessarily a church, but is uh, where God resides and his presence is. And so that's the second thing. And then the last one is community. Uh, as far as the business leaders, this town is all about small businesses. One thing we've noticed every time we go there is people are in these businesses and they're small businesses. They're, I mean, there's boutiques up the wazoo there. Like, they're everywhere because the women's college is right downtown. And so they, they target that. But there's coffee shops. There's restaurants. There's all these things. And they value that. This community values their business owners, and we want to come in and do the same thing. So we want to connect with business owners, business leaders in the community, and we have some ways that we're going to be doing that. But we want to love on them and come alongside them and, and support them to reach the community of St. Joseph. So we're super excited, and we are even more excited, like I said, to be a part of the River of Life family. So far, we've gotten 
nothing but a wonderful, beautiful welcome. And it's been an amazing transition so far ever since Pastor Kyle came in and sniped us up or whatever they said. So we're super excited and, and we love River of Life family already. So. Here, this is actually your water. I didn't realize mine is right here. So then I walked down and sniped my wife's water too. But um, cool. So let me just share really fast, like one more one more minute, the vision that we have for this. Okay. So we we want to build a, a vibrant church in this community that that centers on three things. Okay. And it, it aligns with the same heart that you guys have here. Number one is that we want people to experience God in a deeper way than they ever thought possible. Right? We want a church where people can do that, where they can really know him, where he's not somebody who's distant, but he's somebody who engages them and meets them where they're at. Number two, we want this church to be a church where people can build the best friendships of their entire life. Right, Because growth and discipleship happen in community. God created us to be in relationship with one another. So we are strong believers in having a church family and having that kind of atmosphere so that God can move through each of us to the other people in our group and we can just see some incredible things happen. And then lastly, we want to be a church that cultivates growth. We believe that every single person is gifted by God, that God has a purpose and a destiny for them. And we want to see people understand that, to discover it, to grow in it, and to grow as a person so they can step into all that God has for them, right? And when we do that, when we start to see those things happening, here's the, here's the cool part. Then we want to see step four, which is we want to release hundreds of Christ followers into the community, people that have solid relational backing and community around them and that have been growing in what God has has called them to do and what God has gifted them to. We want to release them into the community and have them transform St. Joe from top to bottom. We believe that every single part of the city should be better because the people that come to our church and meet with God there go out and bring the love of Jesus and the hope of Christ everywhere they go. The businesses should be better. The schools should be better. We should have healthier families. We should have like every single part of our town we want to see transformed by the power and the love of Jesus, right? And so that's the vision that God's given us, and we're super excited for it. Um, and so I forgot the next slide. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, here. Here's what we got to do to launch, okay? Here's what's left for us to do. Okay, so we're really early in the game. We're only a couple weeks into this, but here's the things that we need to do. We need to build a core team. Okay, so we're, we're, we're praying about, we're finding, we're looking for people that are like, hey, who wants to be a part of our core team to help us launch this out? Number two, we got to find a location. God's given us a couple really good leads on this, um, uh, but we need a place that we're going to rent. We're not going to have a church building like you guys have. We're going to be a mobile church, um, and we, we just need to find a good location to host that. And then number three, uh, we need to raise funds. Right, and so the Lord, we just need the Lord's uh, blessing in that. Um, we have some funds that we need to raise, and and that's just a part of this journey. So we're looking to launch. Um, in 2024, sometime, hopefully early in the year. So as fast as those first three things come together is as, is as fast as we'll be able to launch. And so that's, that's uh, our plan moving forward. So how can you get involved? Three ways. Okay, number one is we need people that are going to pray, right? I, I love that River of Life Church. Uh, they say we, we pray first here, right? You've probably heard that before, right? And, and we need people that are going to pray because if God's going to do something incredible in that city, it's going to start on a foundation of prayer. Right? And so we need people in River of Life. We need our church family interceding for the, for the people in the community and the church that's going to happen in St. Joe. Right? Number two, uh, we need people that are going to give. Like I said, we do have to raise funds. And, and not everybody's going to give, and that's totally fine. 
But if God's put a passion on your heart and say, I want to partner with them financially so that they can help release like what God is going to do in that community, we would love you to be a part of that. And you can come talk to me afterwards. Um, and I'd love to help you get connected with that. And then the last thing is we need to connect. Okay, so we need people that, um, we need connections in St. Joe. We're not from the town. We, so like if you know people that know people in St. Joe, I want to hear about it, okay? Because our job right now is to meet people and just get engaged with the community. So if you have a connection point, um, please let us know. We would love to do that, especially if you have a connection point into one of the colleges. I don't have that yet. I don't have like a person that works in the college or something. I, we, need, we need that. So um, please, that would be fantastic. Uh, pray, give, and help us to connect. So thank you so much. Um, that is what we have moving forward for St. Joseph. And I hope that you guys are excited about it. I'm excited. And I just can't wait to see what God does in that community through another River of Life church, right? We're spreading out. We're, we're going all over the place. So awesome. Cool. Well, that's, that's kind of what's going on in St. Joseph. Um, but also I get the opportunity to preach the message today. And so I want to share with you uh, really quick, because I took up a bunch of time doing that, but I, I believe that God's put something on my heart for you today. Um, and it's around this idea. Have you ever gotten frustrated at God for not doing what you thought he should do? Okay, so the, the, the giggles in the crowd say, yes, you have. And like, as just I was praying it was just the way that you were praying out of worship was confirmation that this is, this is the right way for us to go. Have you ever gotten frustrated with God? Or maybe you've gone through seasons where you just need God to move and he's not moving the way you thought. Or it's just not going the way. Or maybe God, God promised you something but you haven't gotten to it yet. And like in those moments it can be really easy to be confused. Right? It can be really, really easy to be discouraged. Or even to get angry at God. Right, God, why haven't you pulled through yet? God, I've been struggling with this thing for years. God, you say you have the power. Why haven't you done it yet? Right? Or maybe we compare. We're like, God, God, you healed that person and you healed that person, but I'm still suffering with my physical pain or my emotional pain. God, what is going on? God, I thought you would have done it by now. Maybe you, maybe you found yourself in that place. Or maybe it's, maybe it's not as drastic as your life is falling apart. Maybe you're just in a good place today. But you're like, I just don't have the direction I need. I, and God's not, I just don't feel like it's getting clarified yet. Or like, or maybe your life is falling apart and you really need God to move. In those times, our faith can be stretched. And I want to talk today about what we do in those moments. Okay? So I'm going to talk about two stories that, um, and we're just going to briefly look at them because I think the point God wants to make is just like from the overview of the story. We're not going to go like into the details of the story. But it's this. It's the stories of Israel crossing the Jordan River into the promised land and Israel taking over Jericho. Now let me give you just a tiny bit of the background to this story so you're up to date. Israel, the nation of Israel back in the ancient times, uh, they, at that point they're, they're God's chosen people. And God had promised them that they would inherit the land of Canaan, right? And so they called it the promised land, um, but they, they didn't live there yet. And when Moses had brought the people of Israel out of being slaves in Egypt, they had a chance to go and move in the promised land, and they failed, and they rebelled, and then God punished them, and they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness, and that whole generation passed away, and even Moses as the leader passed away. And that brings us to kind of where we're at right now in the, in the story, is that they had moved to the next generation, and God tells them in Joshua chapter 1, he says, 
you are the generation that's going to take the promised land, and your new leader, Joshua, is going to be the one that helps lead you to that. Now, as soon as God makes that promise, they have two giant obstacles in the way. One of them is the Jordan River um, to get all of the people and all of their livestock and all of their supplies and everything they own and all of their kids across the river was going to be, it, it was impossible, right? Like, I mean, those of you who are parents know that, like, I'm a parent of small kids that you just saw. Like, getting my kids in and out of the bath is hard enough, right? Getting them across a raging river, that is not ideal, right? And then, and then um, wow, I just lost where I was going because of that stupid joke. Okay, sorry. Um, and so they had this, like, impossible obstacle in front of them, okay? And then once they, if they get across the river, they have this giant impenetrable fortress of a city known as Jericho that has walls that are super high and super thick. It's impossible to take over. And yet this is what God had called them to. And so I want to read these stories really quick, just like an, a brief overview of them. So if I could have, if you're able to, uh, and you're comfortable, if you could have everybody stand for the reading of God's word, um, and we're just going to read through these verses really quick. Okay, and so we're just going to jump in, right, we're going to jump in right when Israel's on the edge of the Jordan. So in Joshua chapter 3, verses 14 through 17, it says, So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, which was a gold box that represented God's presence, he went, went ahead of them. It was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. And then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. And they waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Let's pray really quick. Lord, I pray, God, that you would bless this message, that you would anoint these words, and that you would help all of us to hear what you have to say to us today in your name. Amen. You can go ahead and take a seat as I, I'm going to read the rest of it. Um, so they come up to, so they cross the Jordan, awesome miracle, woohoo, and then boom, new obstacle. Um, and here's what happens when they get to Jericho. Uh, and that's like, in, this, in the Bible, there's a couple chapters in between. Um, but that's because once they cross the Jordan, they build a monument to God. They praise God. Um, but Jericho is like the next thing that happens. Okay? So it says in Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, it says, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Right? And then um, I cut it off there, but it's, then he says on the seventh day, march around seven times. Okay? Not the greatest battle plan, but it's what the Lord said to do. Okay? So let's jump down. It, uh, uh, Israelites go. They're obedient. They march around Jericho for six straight days, and then let's pick it up on day seven. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. But this time, they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priests shouted the long blast on their horn, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the town. In verse 20, it says this, When the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, they shouted as loud as they could, and suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed, and Israel charged straight into the town and captured it. Okay? So I was reading these stories in my devotional time a couple months ago, and something leapt off the page at me, something I'd never noticed before. 
right? These stories happened back to back. But in one story, God did the miracle in one step. As soon as their feet hit the Jordan River, boom, miracle, it's gone, it's awesome, it's incredible. The very next story, it took 13 laps over seven days for the miracle to happen. And as I was looking at that closer, I was thinking about it, I was like, I noticed that nothing changed in between the two stories. It wasn't like God was struggling at Jericho, but he was in his prime at the Jordan, right? It's not like God's like, boom, I did a miracle, but I used up all my miracle juice, and so you guys are going to have to do a few laps to let me refresh before I can knock down the walls at Jericho, right? And it, it's, it's not like God had forgotten about them either. It's not like God was like, oh, oh, ooh, they're on lap 13. I should probably knock those walls down. You know what I mean? Right? I, we were, I was reading it too, and it's not that God was being petty or vindictive, the second time around where God is like, you have to walk more because you walked only one step, but watch out. Now you got to do 13. No, he wasn't being petty or vindictive. And also it wasn't their fault. It wasn't like Israel sinned in that like one day between the two moments, right? Like, like there wasn't time for Israel to mess it up. The Bible doesn't record that they, in fact, they did a great job in between the two, right? And so, so why the difference? And I think this is an important question for us to ask in our lives because sometimes we struggle with why God doesn't move the way that we think he should or the same way that he's always done it before or the same way that we've seen him move in other people's lives. And here's my main point for you today. It's this, is that God moves in different ways at different times because he knows what is best for us. Okay, and I want to illustrate this to you with the idea of a story right? All of us love stories. It's like a psychological fact that our brains are wired to love stories. And some of us love reading them in books. Where are my book people at? Wave at me, right? Okay, cool. Put your hands out. Some of us love like movies and shows. Where are my movie and show people at? Okay. Hey, if you just raise your hand on the second one, I have a secret to tell you is that all the people that raise their hand for the book one, they think they're a little bit better than you, right? They just do, right? Because like when you're reading a book, you're like, oh, I'm reading a book. When you're watching a show, it's like, uh, I don't know. Um, that's, just, that's just how it is. Um, I, I'm not saying either side is right or wrong, right? But they have stories. I brought with me today uh, my favorite story, which is the Lord of the Rings. Um, it's awesome. It's incredible. I also brought my least favorite novel I've ever read in my entire life. It's complete garbage, and I, and I don't like it, and it's Mockingjay, which is the final book to Hunger Games. And if I just made some enemies, I'd love to talk to you about it after service. God will bring you wisdom on why this is a terrible book. Anyway, okay. So, um, <laughs> I just lost like half the room. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but in our stories, okay, our lives can be a lot like stories. In these stories, people go through tension. They go through conflict. They have times where they don't know what's going to happen next, where they get unexpected turns. And I don't know about you, but when I'm reading stories and those bad things are happening, I'm like, oh, I just want to get to the good part, right? Like, I just got to get past. Like, I feel pain for those people. Like, if it was up to me, like, and I'm on this page, I would, like, rip out a few pages until we know what's the good thing that's happening. And actually, I've done that before. I'll be reading, and I'll, like, skip ahead. Like, they don't die, do they? Right? Like, you know what I mean? Because when we, because our lives can be a lot like these stories. But just like when we're reading the story, we experience our life one moment at a time. But God is the author of our life. And he sees the whole story all at once. He knows where it's going. I just know where I'm at, 
right? And when I don't understand the specific moments that I'm in, I can still trust in the author of the book. You see, God moved in a different way in these two different occasions in the Bible because he knew what they actually needed the most. And here's a hint. It wasn't the miracle outcome. You see, when I read the story, I focus on the miracle outcome. I look at it and I say, I look for the moment where the, where the sea part, or where the river parts. I look for the moment where the walls finally fall down. And I'm like, boom, they did it. They won. God finally did what he was going to do. Vindication. That's what I'm drawn to. But that's not what God is drawn to in the story. That's not what he's focusing on. You see, because here's the, here's the reality, is that God could have snapped his fingers, teleported them across the river, and had, like, Jericho be like, we give up, and run away, right? And, like, they could have just, boom, owned it. But that's not what he did. So why did he do it differently? Because God knew that what Israel really needed in those moments was to grow in their faith, their trust, their knowledge of him, and their relationship with him. The way that God moved in each one was specific, and it taught them things, right? When he, when he parts the Jordan River, he teaches them this, that we have a powerful, miracle-working God, that one step of obedience can unlock all of his power, that he can do it, that there's nothing that can hold us back from what he promised, right? But when they go to Jericho, God teaches them a different lesson. He says that even in the struggle, even when it's taking a long time, even when you're on lap 10 and you're hot and you're tired, even in the midst of the pain and the struggle and the difficulty, when it looks impossible, I'm still with you. You see, the lessons they learned in the middle of the story and the character they developed were so much more valuable than if they had just jumped right to the ending, right to the outcome. But in my life, right, often I focus on the outcome. But as I was reading the story, I felt God say this. It's not about the results. It's about the development and the relational growth that happens in the story. See, that was a paradigm shift for me. Because when I need God to move in my life, when I need a miracle, when I need God to move, I become hyper-focused on the outcome. Maybe, I'm sure you guys don't, but I do. I become hyper-focused on the outcome. And I'm like, God, you said this. God, if you would just give me this. If you would just let this happen. God, you did it for them. You got to do it for me too. I get so focused on that that I almost begin to worship the miracle instead of the God behind the miracle. But, and then when it doesn't turn out the way that I think it should, I get frustrated, discouraged, angry, edgy. I complain. And, and my wife's laughing because this has been me over the past couple months as we've been struggling with one specific way I need God to move in my life. I, I'm preaching from literally, like, even last week. Like, I don't know if I could have preached this sermon because it was, I was struggling. But when I get that way, I miss the point. Because I'm focused on the outcome or the ending, but God is focused on the development and the relational growth that happens throughout the whole story. And here's the deal. Israel in that story needed to learn the lessons of how God moved to them because they still had to take all of the promised land. God knew what was coming up next and he was setting them up. He was developing them and training them in their relationship with him and in their personal growth to be ready for what was coming next. He saw the whole story. We only see the moments. So no matter what we're going through, 
God is drawing us to him and developing us along the way. We can't just skip to the ending. So today, maybe, maybe, that's you. maybe you are in the middle of a struggle or you're in a point in a story where you're like, I'm going through a tough time in my story. I encourage you this. Don't just jump to the ending. Don't become focused on the ending. Don't become focused on the outcome. Focus on the God who is walking you through it because if God really wanted to, he could just snap his fingers and get you there. But God's not concerned with the outcome. He already controls that. It's not a problem for him. It's not a problem for him. So he has the luxury of developing us along the way because he knows that he is in control. Let's have everybody stand as I want to wrap up with this question today. Is this, is do you trust God with your story? Maybe let me phrase it this way. Are you trusting God in the middle of your story? Because here's the deal is I know he's moving. Even when it doesn't feel like it, even when it's difficult, God's still moving. And maybe his goal isn't to just get you to the finish line. Maybe his goal is to bring you to the finish line the right way. You see, here's the truth is that stories aren't just powerful because of the ending. If I just tell you the ending, it's called a spoiler and you hate it, right? But in our lives, we want miracle spoilers all the time. No, the ending has power. The ending has meaning because of the story and the development and the growth that happened along the way so that when you get to the ending, it's an incredible moment of payoff. But we got to trust God when we don't know the spoilers instead of seeking the spoilers. And like literally... (laughs) Literally, this has been my life the past couple weeks. I'm right there with you. We got to trust God in the middle of the story. So today, as we kind of wrap up here, I want you to think about what are the things in your life that maybe you've looked to, like ways that you need God to move, that maybe you've become so attached to that instead of to God in his presence. You just need to release that and say, God, I trust you with the outcome Help me to lean into relationship with you in the story. When you're in the middle of the story, it's not going how you want it to. You can trust in who God is even more than what he does. You can lean into relationship with him and you can be obedient to what he tells you to do. Even if it's just waiting. That's the worst when God's like, God, I'll do anything for you. He's like, how about you wait? I'm like, no. (laughs) Right? But the last thing I want to say is this. Don't give up in the middle of the story. Imagine what would have happened if Israel quit on lap 11. I would, that question haunts me. I don't want to quit on lap 11 of what God's doing in my life just because it's difficult. So today, think about that. Say, God, what, what is it that you, that you want me to be doing right now? Help me to focus in, and lean into you instead of becoming hyper-focused on the outcome. Let's trust God in the middle of that. I'm just going to pray to kind of wrap us up today and dismiss us, but I just want us to carry that out here. What, what needs to change and how, what we, where does our focus need to shift and how would our life change if we did that? God, I pray today that you would help us. Or some people here are in the middle of a story. 
God. They're in the middle of it. They're, at the, they're on lap 11. Maybe they're looking in the past going, God, you did it in one step before, but now I'm just stuck. Or God, God, I don't understand why it's taking so long or why you're moving so differently in my life now than you used to or in my life compared to somebody else's, God. But what we need to recognize, help us all to recognize this, is that you're not worried about the outcome. You've got the outcome in your hand. God, you're worried. You're not worried. You're concerned about us growing and developing into who you've called us to be. So today, God, if there's struggle, if there's people that are, that are hurting, that are, that are having a difficult time, I pray that you'd bring them peace. I pray that you'd help them to lean into their relationship with you, God, and I pray that you'd help them to know what steps they need to take as they walk in the middle of their story. God, let us, let us release our idea of what the story has to be and help us to trust the author every page along the way, every step of our journey. We love you, Lord. Thank you so much for what you want to do today. In your name, amen. Amen.